Lamb of God, everybody says, who does he think he is? I just told you who I thought I was, a God. host Leroy aka the hamburger pimp uh with my co-host uh this is Eli aka Domac Rex <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that is what is it a dinosaur that, that's my Star Wars name generator name <laughs> oh they got a Wu-Tang generator and a Star Wars generator <laughs> yeah one of my one of the many Star Wars generators yeah okay I'm also Lando Skywalker on another one <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's keep going from that. So, yeah, we're back with another episode, and, yeah, we're about to close out the month of November, and, Eli, you know what that means at the end of November, right? Well, the end of October. Uh, Thanksgiving? The last day of October. Your podcast has oh, been talking about it for nonstop yeah. for the last four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween. Halloween. You going to be Black treat, Panther again? Uh, to quote Buster Rhymes in <laughs> Halloween. 2.0 resurrection whatever the fuck i don't know uh yeah so should we do the do's and don'ts of halloween again eli oh uh if you would like to okay <laughs> i'll do my part and you do your part now hopefully that will cover most of the bases so yeah like you i said do it every year we do it every year but we got to because repetition is the father of learning <laughs> so let's do this so yes like we said last year if you dress up as halloween Let's say you dress up as another co- uh, character as another race. Oh, well, I'm I'm cover my bases as a black character. <laughs> I'm gonna let Eli handle his sec- his in a second. But as you dress up as a black character, it is okay to dress up as a black character if you're not black. That's okay. But do not, do not, do not, and I repeat, do not wear black flake, blackface. Don't do it. If don't even think about it. Don't think maybe this one qualifies. Maybe this counts. No, just don't do it. Matter of fact, don't even wear an afro. If you're wearing a, you're doing a black Vulcan costume, and you can wear the short hot pants. You can do that, but don't wear the afro. Don't do it. So yeah, be white Vulcan. There you go. All right, yeah. Eli, I'm gonna let you take over. You take your part. Uh, yeah. Don't. No matter what football team you see on TV, no matter what party city is selling, don't dress up as an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> like, just don't. Just don't. And even though your kid wants to and you ain't and you're like all offended because you don't want to tell your kid not to do something fucked up. Well, be a fucking parent and tell him to do what do the right thing. Like if your kid threw a fucking rock through a window, you'd smack the shit out of him. Right. Or, you know, figuratively, you know, emotionally, you get you you tell the kid that don't do that shit. Well, the same thing applies to being racist. Yeah. Don't (laughs) don't let your kid be racist for Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I, yeah, we got to do this every year because just today, yeah, just today I saw a video on my feed, you know, mm-hmm. all the natives sharing the shit all over my Facebook. Some, a black dude 
went into an Indian casino with his oh, white girlfriend. Oh, he got to be black. Oh, and I feel, and I feel responsible for him. <laughs> no, don't be, man. You it's can, like when you turn the TV and you see a black serial killer. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, well, let this motherfucker know. <laughs> <laughs> he went into an Indian casino with his white girlfriend, and she was dressed up with an Indian headdress and all that shit. And the natives confronted them. And they had this big old fucking shout match and shit. And then he ended up getting kicked out of the casino. And he actually did the whoop, whoop, hollering and shit as he was walking out and shit. Oh, shit. Oh. I was like, man, this motherfucker's just trying to get some pussy. That's the only <laughs> right. reason. <laughs> right. He was just trying to, you know, act, act you know, like a tough guy in front of his girl. That's all. Yeah. He's just trying to get some pussy. And didn't his mama tell him about white girls and shit? That they're just going to call the cops? Can you not watch Get Out? <laughs> <laughs> that was just today. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Typical Tuesday in the life of Eli. Because <laughs> that actually, Eli, that was the same scenario I was going to paint for you because that happened to me last year. We talked about it, but I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. For instance, like if I'm at a party, you know, mm-hmm. and I see a white girl wearing, you know, like a slutty Pocahontas outfit, but her boyfriend is a black dude bigger than me. <laughs> what do I do in that situation? <laughs> hey, I don't uh, have a whole team of Native Americans behind me to, you know, <laughs> hey, don't do that. It's just me <laughs> in a bullshit well, black hey, panther hey, outfit. <laughs> you know, be safe. You know, that's the number one rule of Halloween: is be safe. <laughs> Eli, I thought you were gonna like send me, you know, give me some bad advice. Like, no, fuck his ass up. <laughs> <laughs> you tell, you tell him Eli said suck his dick. <laughs> I can see that. Fuck you and Eli. You <laughs> throw me out the damn room. Uh, that being said, do's and don'ts. That's good. After that, we can get done the turkey day. We can start planning for the holiday season because November right around the corner, and we're just gonna blaze blaze right through the pretty much the rest of 2019. Yeah. Uh, Eli, we got to get our best of the decade list going. Oh damn! Not the now. De- we're not gonna do it now. That's right. It is like a decade or a, it's a decade. decade. Yeah. yeah. You know, like when 1999 happened, it was a big deal, mainly because we thought Armageddon was happening, you know. Yeah. But, you know, Y2K for you young kids that don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, But this decade, just like people don't even realize that, yes, it's an end of a decade. It's gone. Damn, like yeah. Like 2009. Yeah, it like felt like just around the corner it was 2012. And we right. thought the world was going to end again and shit. Right, I'm watching the NBA uh, NBA playoffs. The NBA season is back now, and all of the players they announced, they announced their birthday stuff like that. They weren't even born in Y2K. <laughs> like these are the <laughs> these are the people I'm watching. I'm like, oh fuck, I feel old as fuck, man. Yeah, yeah, Y2K. Yeah, yeah. My kid wasn't born yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Y2K later on, probably like towards the end of the year uh, when to kind of. Fresh enough to let people know what's talking about. Debbie said, can we actually move to not the podcast? Eli, I want to do a review before we jump into the podcast. All right. And because people forget that, yeah, we're oh, talking about comics. I, I saw a movie. I could review that too. Wait, well, I'm going to give you a chance. We're going to give you a chance. I don't yeah. even know what movie you did, but you're going to surprise me. Okay. All right. So, like I said, I know people come in and tune in because they want to know about the comics and what happened on Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 39. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. It sucked. <laughs> so, what we do sometimes is that we, we're all over the place with this podcast. Sometimes we like to do music reviews sometimes. And anytime a music uh, album comes out to catch my attention, I'm just going to just briefly talk about it, just see what I think about it. And the album that came out this week uh, was Kanye West. He's back. We canceled him, but according to Kanye, he's uncancelable. So he's going to make oh, another okay. album. Yeah. So he's back with the album. And Eli, this is a different avenue he's going now because Kanye decided to make a gospel album. 
Okay. Yeah, it's different. He's never done it before. But he decided to do this now. Then, um, then you have a song called I Am God or some shit. Yes. That, I'm, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> because that that what worries me about this. So, uh, yes, he made an album called Jesus is King. Um, it's only like, I can't, I don't have in front of me like 11 or 12 songs, something like that. All I know is that the album's only like 27 minutes long. Like, an episode of Seinfeld is longer than Kanye's new album. <laughs> so, that's my thing. And I don't know, Eli, I don't know about Kanye, about how he, because he pretty much burned a bridge, he pretty much done everything he could to piss off white people and black people. Like, you know, and that's the thing, like, they always ask, like, why do we keep supporting Kanye, or why do we keep doing some Kanye? Kanye's kind of like our problem, I mean, our problem, I mean, like, black people. Like, we, okay. know, we know he's just as crazy as you all know he is. But he's our <laughs> problem, so we have to kind of deal with him. You know, so when he does make stuff like this, it, it makes me take a step back for a second because he'd be promoting this album for like the last two weeks, month or something like that. And I've always noticed every time a black person, a black celebrity gets in trouble, the first thing they do is go to church or bring church into it to try to get back on the good side. Like OJ kills two white people. He goes to church. <laughs> You know, so now you got black people still don't believe he killed a white like an, like, like an alcoholic yeah. <laughs> but they but they don't do it you know out of spite they do it for the publicity you know yeah. hey look at me I'm in church now because they got to go to a black church you know with the, with the preacher with the with the jerry curl and the gold teeth you know and the sunglasses you know uh, OJ didn't kill those white people you know things like that so Kanye's doing his you know his tour also and that's why I'm kind of stepping back to watching exactly how he's doing it because, okay, he's making a gospel album this year in 2019, but in 2018, last year, around this time, he made an album where he was talking about a supermodel's bleached asshole and how okay. it got on, the bleach on his shirt. That was last year. Now he's, wait, my, wait, was he, was he bleaching her asshole? I don't know. The line was confusing. <laughs> Should I? I'm okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna quote the line. I'll talk about Jesus in a second. Let's talk about this bleach asshole. Because usually okay. you get with the chick with the bleach asshole after she already done it. Well, that's what the thing. He said that he got bleach on his shirt okay. after she bleached asshole. God, I guess the. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about Kanye. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to talk about Kanye, but we got to. Okay, let's talk about this album. Okay, so the album Jesus, itself. The Jesus album. The Jesus album, yes. Okay. Okay, so I, all this bullshit aside, all this weird shit that Kanye's been doing, the MAGA hats and Slave is a Choice, all shit, get that shit out your head. Let's talk about how does the <laughs> Oh, yeah, album, he said he slave, said that slavery dumb shit. That's a what choice. He's pissing off oh, everybody. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right, so I'm just like, block all this shit out. It's the message, not the messenger. How does the album sound? Sonically. Mm -hmm. On Bush aside. And Eli honestly listens to the album. It's it's good. It's oh, yeah. good. Does okay. he do the light of the lighthouse? Shine on me. Let it shine. Damn near. Damn near. <laughs> Let it shine. Yeah. Like when I say this is a gospel album, this is a gospel. But it's not as gospely. <laughs> Take it to church, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing, the album is not as gospely as I wanted it to be. Because the thing is, this album is good. I think Kanye is on to something. But I think this album isn't as good as it could have been. This could have been a, a stepping stone. This could have been a bridge to something bigger. Because the thing is about gospel, like he has some uh, some guest stars on it. He has some gospel singers on it, stuff like that. And one thing about gospel singers is that they have better singers than R&B singers. 
like any gospel singer you just throw a rocket and hit can sing Beyonce out of a, out of a building. That's because they're not Mike. They got to scream in that church. Exactly. That's how they train, <laughs> you know. So that's why I was wishing he would take like maybe like a Yolanda Adams or maybe even, you know, somebody like actually like a, a gospel singer and, you know, put them on the album and then put an entire choir on there. And maybe he do like and then you would have like this awesome, like sonic orchestral, you know, massive stadium like thing. You know, I was hoping for that, but he didn't get that. It opened with that, with this, you know, this choir uh, that he has, you know, locally that he uses, and then the rest of the album kind of just sounds like a Kanye album, but he's just screaming Jesus every other five seconds, <laughs> you know. So I'm thinking like I'm I'm expecting something to be like this grand, huge stuff like that, but it's not there. Now there are some good songs every now and then, but it but it's like typical Kanye stuff where I was expecting something bigger than what it was, you know, and. I don't know, maybe he needed more time to cook with this, or maybe he this is like his rough draft like that. It just felt like another album. And and, and another reason I think he felt like he came with a gospel album because he know that us as black people can't boo him. Okay, have you ever watched <laughs> Showtime and the Apollo in the nineties? Oh yeah. Okay, so you know that no matter how bad you suck, if you sing a gospel song, they can't boo you. <laughs> So I think he's doing this, like no matter it's how. It's like bad. Testa when when the motherfuckers testify and shit. The, the one guy comes back, he's been out, got just got out of jail, trying to clean up his life. Gets <laughs> up in the middle of church and starts talking about how God was good to him and shit. Right. Everybody, oh mate, amening him and shit, and you know, getting the Holy Ghost dance and fainting and shit. And yeah, that, and, and that's the thing. You clap. You got to clap. You got to clap. Doing. But you're like, you just killed a guy like five weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though he's dancing in the middle of the fucking aisles and shit. Yeah, or like the other guy that went viral. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. And you're like, come on, dude. We don't believe you. You just can't pray the gay away. Just I, that I saw, what's that one? The, it was on YouTube, the the, the gangster preacher or whatever. No, oh, I, I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> but he, I came in the name of motherfucking Jesus. I saw a meme. Uh, it said something about, you know, uh, you know, hip hop heads or something listening to Kanye's West be like, and it showed a clip of oh, I came that guy, the, the, the Mexican Jesus. with the red Jesus shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, somebody <laughs> sent me that. I was like, it is bad. I'm seeing that already. <laughs> <laughs> because that's yeah. the thing that had worried me. Another thing is that Kanye is slowly uh slowly turning into a cult leader. <laughs> It's weird you seeing it. And that's why you when you said, Oh, did he call himself God a few years ago? And that's why I'm wondering, listen to this album, like, is he really talking about God? Or is he talking about himself in third person and refer to himself as God? Yeah. It ain't like the Wu Tang God. Like Right. Like, like like peace God. You know, like no, yeah, not that. Like you in charge of your own destiny, God, and that's it. No, it's like, no, he thinks he's he created the universe. <laughs> <laughs> In seven days. Right. That's all it took his motherfucking ass. Yeah, Kanye rests <laughs> on the Kanye. Seven. <laughs> Jesus. The, Jesus, right. That's why I'm just like sitting back. I'm like, okay, Kanye. Because I already know how crazy this guy is. So that's why I'm like like listening but verifying. That's why I'm just trying to listen to the music and not hearing to this crazy shit he's talking about. Because I know he's going to slip some crazy messages in there. You're, but I'm not trying to become a, a, one of his cult followers. You know. Yeah, you're like the warning guy, you know, like the, you know, like in the end of all, you know, like in all those disaster movies, right. you're like the scientist that's hearing the, you're seeing the meters go like, hey, man, the fucking, the big old firestorm 
is about to come and they're like, ah, it's gonna find. Like, in, you know, <laughs> nobody's like listening. In, like, like in Day After Tomorrow or whatever. Right. <laughs> Paul Giamatti, whoever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah you're that guy. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fleet of stormtroopers. <laughs> right. And before it's all up, before we all know it, we're all drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, but that, that's what I'm going. Oh, one more thing I want to say about this this app. It's a, it's a controversy going on this app right now, but it's okay. not the controversy you think about other than him talking about Jesus when he talked about bleach assholes last year. Oh, uh, <laughs> apparently people thinking that he stole one of his songs from a Legend of Zelda uh game. Oh damn. Yeah, I I looked it up today. It was uh who's the bad guy of Zelda? Gandalf? Not Gandalf. I don't know, man. I Ganon, so whatever. Whoever the fuck bad guy in that something valley and i listened to it and, I was, and somebody actually took the beat of that song and took the beat of the kanye song and mashed them together i was like the sound pretty good like i play that <laughs> you know i want to hear kanye rapping over zelda beats now <laughs> but honestly i didn't hear like zelda honestly my first instinct was that it sounded like devil may cry you know whatever it was it sounded video gaming you know, maybe just Jesus, 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 Jesus. But I just kept hearing Devil May Cry in my head or Zelda in my head, whatever like that. So I don't know. Oh, and totally unrelated. One thing that did come from this album that I do like that he had one song where the clips are rapping again. The clips are like one of my favorite uh, rap duos of all time. They haven't been together in like 2005. One of them mm-hmm. left because he basically, you know, became born again, gave himself to, you know, goddess like that. So he just quit rapping. But because of this album, he came back. So the group is back for one song oh and kenny g is on it also oh no shit yeah and kenny g that was like one of the best parts of the album i like kenny okay okay kenny g <laughs> now you get excited for christmas now when his christmas album comes <laughs> so yeah overall i'm gonna give the album of i'm gonna give it 3.5 i'm gonna 3.5 all right cool yeah i think i talked about that long enough okay oh uh, that when can we move on to the actual podcast sure all right, let's do it. Uh, Eli, I think the gravy train has ended for uh, my, my my box office numbers because like box office mojo has completely changed their uh their format and now they got this stuff hiding behind a paywall. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm going to need you to chip in so I can... No, I'm just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you can't just Google it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Patreon is for. <laughs> All right, so let's start it off with the number one movie of the week. Eli, give it to me. What is it? Wow, surprisingly, it says Joker is back on top. Joker is back on top. It's insane. How the fuck did Joker get back on top? Just uh, domestically. I guess the Disney movie must have sucked, I guess. But it's a Disney movie. What do you expect? Was it Malef- Maleficent, I guess? Yeah, Isn't... that one. So that's number two. You, you, yeah. You so Joker, Maleficent, uh, The Addams Family. Which okay. some families are upset about. I saw a video of a, a family walking out. Really? Yeah, they said it had like too many satan- satanic messages in it. Oh, shit. I thought they were going to be mad because Gomez was Mexican. <laughs> he was always Mexican, wasn't he? I thought... Just saying, comic skaters, like all of a sudden. Oh, what yeah. the fuck? Even though this has been going on for decades, now they get upset. <laughs> Gomez is mad. What the hell? These SJWs ruining my Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> my family is black and white, which means he was white. <laughs> Not black and Mexican. <laughs> uh, number four, your movie, Zombieland Double Tap. Okay, cool. Uh, number five, Countdown. What the fuck that is? I don't know. That's that horror movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, number six, Black and Blue. Oh, uh, I saw that. You saw that. I, w- I couldn't see it because I had to work that night. But I-, I had plans to see it. But she may have 
went with somebody else? Oh shit, man! What yeah, the fuck? Eli, I'm always fucking up, man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go ahead and tell me about the movie. You, you, you go, go ahead and, and review mode. We, we're gonna stop okay. the podcast right now. So you're gonna review, review mode. All right, black and blue. Well, it's the story of a rookie cop. Um, she goes basically witnesses a bunch of dirty cops murdering some drug dealers and they try to pin it on her and shoot her. Um, and she's on the run. She's got, she caught, she caught it all on her body cam. So basically the movie is just a chase. She's running through the city and she's got the cops after her. And then the dirty cops get like the gang, the gangs after her too. So she's just kind of on the run, trying to survive, trying to get to the back to the precinct so she can upload the footage. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so this all happens like in one night? Yeah, basically. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. It was, it was, it was kind of like Training Day. It know? sounded like Training Day. You were just describing it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. She's a rookie. It's the she, she was on um, – I remember from 28 Days Later, but I guess she, she was uh, she's the new Money Penny in the Bond Oh, movie? Naomi Harris. Yeah, her. Yeah, yeah you know she's, she's in she's in the uh, new Venom movie too. She's playing a uh, oh. Shriek. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, you know, what's his face? Mike Coulter is in it. Uh, Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Okay. Yeah, he's in it. I don't. Th- I felt he should have been in it a little more. There wasn't enough of him. You know, I, I think he needed a little bit more to do. I wish they, you know, just, you know, he just, you know, stereotypical thug swagger. You know, wearing, you know, riding in the big rides and, you know, grill and shit like that. Gold, you know, doing that shit. Okay. You know, just give him something more to do. But, you know, he, it was all right. And then what's his name? Uh, what's that guy's name? He played uh, Crossbones in uh, Civil War. Oh. That guy. I know you're talking about. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like the dirty cop. He's like the lead, the ringleader of the. He looks the- like a dirty cop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was fun. Uh, yeah, like. Action was cool. It guy, you know, it was cool. Like I said, it was like it's like another training day for the modern era. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you gotta slap a score on it. Oh, four out of five. Like I said, I enjoyed. Oh, pretty strong. Okay. Okay. Oh, and I I, I I saw the Bad Boys trailer again. But this time on the big screen. Okay, so. Well, and the theater was packed, and it was a largely black audience, okay. and the Bad Boys trailer played, and. I don't think they responded very well to it. <laughs> I, I'm honestly, Eli. After we talked about it last podcast, I watched it again. I'm just like, just don't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, it, did, it didn't seem to it didn't seem to pique anybody's interest. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, funny you said to speak of the devil because number seven is Gemini Man. Oh. And we've been actually getting some pretty good responses on our uh, Gemini Man excerpt or whatever you want to call it. Okay. People like that one. Oh, uh, was that number eight? The Lighthouse. That's the Batman movie. I'm sorry, Batison or Batman. Yeah. We don't. We haven't. We haven't trademarked it yet. Whatever it is, the new guy. Yeah. He's in that one. And uh, OG Green Goblin. Yeah, and the, and that too. Also, uh, what is he? Volko in Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And number nine, uh, the current war director's cut. How the fuck you can make a director's cut in the, in the theatrical version? That doesn't make any sense. That's that movie about like Tesla and Edison or something. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about the like yeah. I think Tom Holland's in it, isn't he? Is he? Okay. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked interesting. I don't know. Okay, cool. Uh number ten we have Ab- Abominable. Abominable. 
I think I said it right. Oh, okay. um, I know you told me what it is, Eli. I completely forgot about it. Isn't it the snowman? Or the oh, yeah, Yeti I think you said that. Yeah. yeah. Like a cartoon or something? Something, yeah. Oh, well, not making any money. Probably not. Uh, yeah, but that's the box office for, uh, for the week we have right there, and that's all we got for that. Eli, before we get into like the thing that we did see, I just want to make some uh, make a quick announcement that two shows on the CW got renewed. Oh, yeah? Well, not renewed, but they got extended to a whole full season. One is The Batwoman. That wasn't a full season? It wasn't. They, they ordered some shows, but you know they ordered like a half season at first to see how it goes. Okay. But then decided, okay, let's go ahead and do a full season. So basically, like when May, it'll do like a whole full 23, 24 slot, whatever, you know. So the Batwoman okay. uh, got extended, and Nancy Drew got extended. Okay. I, I, I started watching both of those shows. Just I did. Just to check them out. Uh, I didn't see the episode of Batwoman tonight. Me neither. I didn't watch a new one. Yeah, I didn't watch a new one. Uh, the first two episodes of Batwoman, I was like, I don't know. This, this is not working for me. But the third episode, I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I kind of up, see yeah. some potential in here. Yeah. When she got the hairdo. That's yeah. what it was. I think that's what it was. When she got yeah. the hair and the new costume yeah. and the boots. Because that, that, that cowl, yeah, that cowl on her head was looking like way big. She looked like, like a fucking Funko Pop. Yeah, because her neck you know, was too that long. Yeah, just like it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lunch lights wasn't yeah. working. And then, you know, they had an Easter egg with Hush in there. So I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, they're setting up something bigger for that, so I'm at least interested to see where they go with this world. So I'm, I'm it's, it caught my attention, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Drew, you probably watched it longer than I did. All I know, it, I think they want to just shock me at the beginning of it because Nancy Drew, who I grew up reading with her and Hardy Boys, you know, yeah, open yeah. this, open the show with her banging a black dude in the back of a gas station, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Then they had to make the black guy like an ex-con and shit. And, oh, see, like I, I didn't even watch that far. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I started watching it because they got Adam Beach on there. Native oh, actor. Okay. Native actor on TV. That's big news for us. So. Okay. On the CW. <laughs> at that. He's not gay. Is he? On the CW. No, he's the cop. Oh. Does that mean he's not gay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he could be. I mean, but, you know, but he's the, yeah, he's not the gay cop. Yeah, he could be. He could but, be. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm probably not going to stay with it. I thought it was going to be like a mystery uh, episode, like a, a new mystery every episode. But yeah. if they're going to stretch this shit out for a season, I don't care. Oh, you thought it would be like Murder, <laughs> She Wrote and shit. Yeah, basically, you know. There's a Matt, theory about Murder, Matt, She Wrote something. that since every episode she went on and a dude was dead if she went, maybe she killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my thing. So Batwoman... Yeah, I'm lukewarm about Nancy Drew. Uh-uh, hopped off that train. But yeah. still happy for both of them. Hey, why, why not? More shows yeah. for everybody. Uh, Now, Eli, can we jump into the, the review of the week? Sure. So we saw a movie, and we, I didn't go anywhere. And Eli didn't go anywhere. It's yeah. right there in at your home. And we saw the movie Dolomite Is My Name. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this movie has been hyped to hell. They've been hyping the hell out this movie. Uh, I think it actually did have a theatrical release, but like a limited theatrical release, and then they decided to release it on Netflix, you know, just because the reviewers have been talking about this movie for like the last two weeks, and they've just been, you know, hyped this movie up, and it's like, oh, it's great, it's, it's, Eddie Murphy is back, you know, this is his return, so now we got a chance to see it, and uh, you know, I'm going to let you go first, I'm going to let you go first to see what, what you think about the movie. Oh, okay, uh, well, I liked it, I enjoyed it a lot, I Thought it was very interesting. I mean, I I actually watched a bunch of 
Rudy Ray Moore's movies. I know who he is. Um, and it was interesting. I didn't know. I guess I, I, I only knew him as the Dolomite character. Mm-hmm. So to see his real life sort of portray out and his struggles and what he's trying to do. And, you know, I thought that was really cool. And uh, I guess I have a new respect for him now that, that you know, when I when it, when I find out what he was trying to do and, you know, um, I thought he was really cool, like how down to earth he was. And, you know, especially at the end when he, you know, he when he gives the cane to the little kid and shit mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really like that, you know, that he basically said, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want, how I want. And he had the drive and the determination to do everything himself, you know, without no one wanted to back him. No one, no one was into his comedy. No one was, you know, believed in what he was doing. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. And then he just got a bunch of people to help him. And he sort of just sort of hustled his way to make his albums. You know, the whole album thing, that's like punk rock. You know, the whole DIY, do-it-yourself mm-hmm. ethic, that's like from punk rock. They just, you know, no one wanted to sign these bands, so they just did it themselves. They they recorded their own albums, put it put them out, went on tour by themselves, and that's what he did. I thought that was cool. And then same thing when he got the movie made. He just sort of hustled his way to make a movie. And then, and then when no one wanted to put it out, he, you know, bought out movie theaters and all that shit. So just watching him, you know, sort of navigate the system, you know, to make it was, I thought was really cool, you know? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically what I'm thinking about the movie is, uh, Eli, I love this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I just like you, I grew up on re-rate movies also. Like it was one of those movies that went one of my uncle's house. He had them on VCR, you know, <laughs> devil's son-in-law. I'm not supposed to be watching it, but when they go off somewhere, I'm going to sneak in and watch the stuff. So it's not stuff yeah. I'm not supposed to be watching it. So I'm f- familiar with his material. Like a lot of people watch this movie didn't know who Rudy Ray Moore is. They just know that, oh, it just reminds me of Black Dynamite, you know. But that's where Black <laughs> Dynamite got this stuff from, you know, yeah. among, amongst other movies also. Yeah. And I, I was curious to see what Eddie Murphy was going to do with this movie because Eddie Murphy in the trailer didn't sell me on being Rudy Ray Moore. And when I watched the movie, yeah. his portrayal, sometimes he reminded me too much of Sherman Clump, you know. But yeah, other times, yeah. I did feel like he lost himself or you know became rudy ray moore i feel like i was watching rudy ray moore a couple times he did nail it you know yeah so especially with the way he was acting it so overall this this role that he played i think it's one of his best roles he's ever done people saying there was that yeah yeah there was like a human side to rudy ray moore because the only like i said the only what what i know of rudy ray moore is from the movies of him just yell you know he like yells everything Mm -hmm. you know he was so loud like everything he didn't talk he was just always yelling (laughs) right rat soup eating motherfucker you know he's just he was just loud so to see him like sort of dial it back and just see the real side of him was right. like but he was I still able really, to do the the loud yeah. part of it too so he had to play both sides yeah 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 <laughs> and so and that's the thing about it. so he made he made rudy ray more a human you know i do like that he he showed how much drive nasty had because looking back at it we took that stuff for granted i mean he put the movie back out in the 70s yeah you know uh, even black exploitation studios wouldn't take his movie. Yeah, he yeah, and they talk about that. He was he felt he was too fat. He didn't have the the body for an action hero. Yeah, and, because back then was, you had like Billy D. Williams, you know, Black Caesar, Jim yeah. Brown. That was all football players. You know, they were sex symbols. You yeah, know? Rudy Ray Moore wasn't there, so he doing sex scenes acting like the biggest pimp in the world. That you know, yeah. 
But he's all wor- and he was worried about shooting those sex scenes. He was all self conscious. He was self conscious, like you didn't think about it at the time. You're like, okay, he, yeah. you think he's the most confident guy in the world, and because he he made people believe he was a sex symbol. You know, yeah. I'm watching the movies back then. I'm looking at the dude like, okay, this dude titties are bigger than the chicks he's with in the room. You know, <laughs> but he made you believe he was a sex symbol. Yeah, <laughs> because of his confidence. But it made sense that he would have you know you know be self conscious in a situation like that. And just the fact that a lot of those scenes and no, and they they reenacted the scenes shot for shot. And I thought that was impressive. Yeah, you know yeah. stuff they were doing. Everybody in the movie uh, played an excellent part of it. Uh, like everybody, Keegan Michael Keegan or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Uh, but the one person, everybody keep talking about this, the Eddie Murphy comeback. It's not just the Eddie Murphy comeback. It's a Wesley Snipes comeback also. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because he damn near stole this whole movie. Yeah, that was. Yeah, he put on <laughs> his performance. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing against type. Well, I don't know. Like playing, you kind of played an arrogant actor, but not that. Like. <laughs> Yeah, like he was like, and it's just a thing, like the little things he was doing, like he was always drunk on set and all the time, just the way he was acting, like he kind of cared, yeah. but didn't care what the fuck was going on, you know, yeah. oh, and he had the coke nail. Yeah. They, didn't, they never went into detail about it. They didn't have any drugs in the movie or detail about it, but just that little thing right there. And the funny thing about it, Eli, you know how I learned about it, the coke nail? No. Carrie Fisher. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rest in peace, Princess Leia. Because <laughs> she talked about it in one of her, one of her interviews or something like that. I'm like, oh, that is fucked up. So definitely did make it. So she said she always she said uh, like in one of the movies you can see her coke nail in one of the Star Wars movies or something. Like she didn't cut yeah. it or something. I so, worked with this one Mexican guy. He was like from Mexico and barely spoke English. This is long, like back in high school. So it's like decades ago. But I remember when I first shook his hand, he had this long ass pinky nail. Yeah, and like creep me out and shit. And I ended up asking him. I was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" And he goes, "Ah, la coca." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yo." <laughs> Cocaine. It was creepy as hell. He had like it was like a it was like a super villain. He had this long <laughs> fingernail right. on one on <laughs> one hand. <laughs> Man, is there anything on this show we won't talk about? <laughs> <laughs> We keep Don't worry, people. We will eventually get to Red Hood and the Outlaws eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, uh, like I said, the, the the you can tell that there was a lot of heart in this movie. Like the movie was funny as hell because a lot of th- things Eddie Murphy was like quoting. Rudy Ray Moore's like he was making his quotes and making them laugh. And sometimes you don't know if he was quoting Rudy Ray Moore or was he like was he putting his own spin on it, going off the top, saying the stuff he wanted to. Whatever he was doing, it was funny as hell, regardless what he was doing. You know, it was just funny that there were so many like brief cameos that just popping up. Like T.I. showed up in the role and Snoop Dogg was there. Snoop Dogg actually kind of made sense because he was actually part of the 90s revival that kind of brought Rudy Ray Moore back into the spotlight. So I understand why he was there. Um, But the movie, as funny as the movie was, Eli, it was also like inspirational. Yeah. You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, if you whatever you want to think of Rudy Ray Moore, at the end of the day, Rudy Ray Moore was a content creator. Mm-hmm. And he did it in a world where there was no social media where it was easy to get the stuff out there. No, he had to bust his ass to get the stuff out there. So he had it 20 times harder plus that than anybody what anybody's doing right now. You know, yeah. like think if we had this podcast and we didn't have social media. Yeah. Uh, we had like to individually that. go to people to get the people to hear this stuff. Yeah. He went out. He took it on tour the Chitlin circuit. You know, right. <laughs> he and took his he act did out it on the when road. there were gatekeepers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just cool, like when I think one of the studios or somebody said, "Yeah, it's it's 
it's it's one thing to make a movie for the five blocks, you know, neighborhood that you're in. But, you know, nobody outside those five blocks give a shit. But he's like, yeah, but there's those five blocks are in every city. Right. And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> he said it was supply and demand. He saw there's a demand for this thing that he has that he, he can't get out there because people keep telling him no, 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 no. When eventually yeah. he, got, he got his name out there. So that's why I say it's inspirational because, okay, if they don't give you a door, make your own door. Make your own way. Don't sit there and wait for somebody to sign yeah. you or give you a deal. Make your own lane. You can do that. that yeah. That's inspirational for any content creator or any artist out there. Yeah. DIY or die. You know? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't wait for somebody. You'll be waiting forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's why. And, and another thing, you got to believe in yourself because it's like that. He actually gambled on himself. He was like, if this fails, if this doesn't work, I'm going to be in debt to my eyeballs for these guys for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, but he bet it on himself. And that's that's why I appreciate that. So as funny as the movie was, it had heart. Also, it had a message behind it. That's why I say this one of Eddie Murphy's best roles, because he wasn't just it like everybody loves Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. But he was just playing one note. He was just doing the same shtick over and over and over again there was no you know layers to that character where this there are layers to the character he mm-hmm. even when he was playing it seriously he was still being funny with it you know and we got to think about this this is the first time eddie murphy did some r-rated shit since since the 80s yeah no shit he's doing like fucking dr doolittle and shit right you know, <laughs> maybe professor and shit like that Pluto no, this Nash is, and shit. like yeah. this is the closest eddie murphy we've gotten to raw yeah, Nor- Norbert and shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was like a return for Eddie Murphy. And the reason he's the perfect guy to do this because you can tell that like like the energy of Rudy Ray Moore or the you know the essence of whatever he, that he had, the DNA he had, it's in Eddie Murphy. You know, yeah. in his in his com- comedic style. It's there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Not just him, even Mike Epps was barely in the movie, but you could tell he was inspired by by uh Rudy Ray Moore. Hell, Snoop Dogg was inspired by Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, he was in the movie. Yeah. He was in the movie because that's the thing. Like, the, the, like you talk about the when he gave the cane to the boy at the end and had the freestyle battle. battle I think that was a uh, like symbolism. Well, not even symbolism, but they were trying to make a point that Rudy Ray Moore may have accidentally invented rap. Yeah, yeah. It's so, funny. It's like the first time I ever heard his name reference was like an NWA song. Right. Yeah. And that's and kind of I why think, he made a research back in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, like Easy E said said something about I'm the motherfucking devil's son in law. Right. You know? <laughs> I, and I was like, oh, what the hell's that? And then when later on I, you know, saw the videotape, Petey Wheatstraw, you know, mm-hmm. on the <laughs> on the shelf. And but that's oh, that's what's where where it came from. But yeah, I mean, the fact that hip hop took inspiration and just like cause I mean, you know, when he, they talk about the signifying monkey mm-hmm. and his poems and stuff, and just that the essence of that that act is a, the monkeys talking shit. Right. You know, and just using shit talking to, to get by, to, to sort of stick it to the man, so to speak. Right. But which doing, is what in, doing a rhyming pattern, you know. Yeah. And that, which was what hip hop is. It's like taking the language of the marginalized culture and sort of flipping the script. And, right. But just doing it know. to a beat. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So like he started that, he planted that seed and other people just kind of took it and just ran with it. But at the same time, like his DNA is in all of these rappers. They're doing the same thing. I'm talking shit. I'm the biggest, baddest motherfucker. I yeah. stick my finger in the ground, turn the whole world around, you know, whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. But he's the one that started that stuff. Or at least yeah. the one that popularized that stuff. Yeah. 
you know, bragging, bragging, and you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a pimp, you know. Yeah. I know karate. I could kick your ass, you know, but you really don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's why this movie just had. I mean, at the end of the day, what this movie did was celebrate the the life life of the man because yeah. he was an underground comedian. Like we know who he is, but he's not known to the mainstream. He's not known, and he has such a big influence. That's the funny thing about it. Because no matter where you go, you can see his influence. You can see his influence in comedians. You can see his influence in music. You can see his influence in movies. You know, yeah. because like I said, when he did this underground stuff right there, like okay, so if you do it the right way, you can make a movie cater <laughs> to a certain audience. You know. What's that movie, the, the Great White Hype? When, yeah, uh, <laughs> when Damon Wayans like ain't coming out to the ring because he's watching Dolomite. <laughs> no. I forgot about that. <laughs> Wait, Dolomite's my inspiration. <laughs> it's like they're waiting, they're waiting. She's got to go while he's got the fight. To... <laughs> Wait, after the love scene. <laughs> so, and that's what Netflix dropped the ball on this because they could have put all those uh, Rudy Ray Moore movies on Netflix, like you know, Human Tornado, Dolomite, yeah. Devil's well, Son. Dolomite was on Amazon like couple like couple months ago. Remember, I say you did you know, say that it was on. Yeah, there. yeah, and I ended up watching it. I just just for the fuck of it, I watched Dolomite. <laughs> you and have then, no business having insecure rat soup eating motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> Love and shit. and Shallon Dolomite. That's the new. Uh, that was the new shit, like in two thousand or something. Yeah, where he just, it's just basically it's bad. It's really, <laughs> he just basically took a kung fu movie and overdubbed his vo- voices and shit, <laughs> and like shot some like intercut with scenes of him walking around and shit. And yeah, it, it's bad, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but like I said, he had it floor. So that's the thing. So if you haven't seen the movie, both of us recommend it. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. I mean, some parts of it was kind of formulated. It felt like the, the same old underdog story you've seen before. But just the way everybody played it, that's what made it so awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'll give it a 4. Yeah, 4.5. Five, fuck it, I'll give it a 5. I, I enjoyed it. I Like you, you said. I, me, I wasn't expecting that. I, I, I was. I had no problem with it, you know. I mean, yeah, you can <laughs> say it was too predictable, but I had a good time watching it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I was into the story. It was surprising. Like, I thought it was just going to be like, Eddie Murphy trying to be funny again, but it, like you said, it had a lot of heart. There was mm-hmm. a lot of drama, like human drama going on that made it like made it deeper, deeper than I thought it was going to be. So just I mean, on honestly, that. You know, yeah. Honestly, I think he should be up for an Oscar for this role. Yeah. I don't know I if he will, one better, but it's yeah. one of the better movies I've seen this year. I yeah. mean, I was that surprised that I thought I, that it was that good, you know? And so I don't know the rules behind Netflix stuff like that because you know they want to war they they hate Netflix just as much as they hate Marvel movies. So yeah, I don't know. We don't know how that's gonna go. Well, they uh, should because they can't get the fuckers in the movie, man. They, they gotta be, do that's, something. That's, that's, that's the underdog. Like, I mean, what if this movie? This movie should have been in the movies. It should have been. I would have went and saw this. I probably went and saw it like two or three times. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably watch it again. You know, but, but here's <laughs> the thing. Would they have made more money? Are they making more money on Netflix or in the theaters? That's what we yeah. don't. We don't know. We don't know the numbers. Yeah, because then it goes to the theaters. You got to talk about marketing and distribution and blah blah blah. blah. Right, you're blowing budget on that. You yeah, because yeah, yeah. what I'm hearing, like Netflix playing these, paying these, they're basically paying the movie budgets. You know, it's not like yeah. they're making it for cheap. You know, uh, this guy that directed this, he, he directed Hustle and Flow. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, they're not getting cheap actors. They they're paying the same rate. 
So it's probably more profitable for them on Netflix. At this day and age, because like we said, no one goes to see the movies anymore unless it's Disney or Marvel. Right. Or Star Wars, yeah. That's the thing. Maybe they should take this movie, Dolomite is my name, and spin it to a superhero movie. I don't know. <laughs> Black Lightning or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there. What else we got today? Oh, well, uh, what else we got? I think we, all we got is a uh, matter of fact, you want to talk about Segway, Segway Eli, talk about okay. Black Lightning. Okay. Yeah. But let's not talk about Black Lightning. Let's talk about the creator of Black Lightning. White guy. A white guy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and matter of fact, I'm going to pull this information up because I want to read the exact quote. I don't want to misquote him for this. This is Tony Isabella, the creator of Black Lightning. He was being an asshole. He wouldn't let Black Lightning be on Super Friends, which is why they had to turn around and make Black Vulcan. So that's where Black Vulcan comes from. Uh, but let me read that quote. Where is that quote? Oh, I should have had the numbers up. We are so unprofessional. Fuck it. Uh, here we go. Okay. Oh, didn't you just message? Oh, you got it? I did. I, I went to the messenger and grabbed it. Okay, here we go. Tony and Bezla. This is what he said. Here's a tip. Don't ask me to join groups of visit uh, pages that have, quote, Batman in their titles. He was once my favorite comic hero. Now I consider him one of the most toxic and the ruination of DC Comics. DC hurts their other characters by making Batman the center of their universe. Okay. So, I've always called Batman toxic, but the way Tony Isabella is saying it, he's saying he's toxic in a different way. So, not just, you know, he fucks up Gotham City, he's fucking up his own comics brand, his industry. <laughs> so, that's different experience. Some people have different sides about it. Some people say he's being salty. Some, you know, um, I, I kind of think that myself because we, we, we've talked about this before. Actually, I don't think we've talked about this before. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. But we talked about it, you know, in groups before that Batman is kind of overexposed. Yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It's just too much fucking bat media just out there, just everything. You know, like yeah. how how many how many books do do we think that Batman is in every month? Like not I just his book, but just feature. It it, it, it over ten. Definitely over yeah, ten. Yeah, a lot. I I only read the main title and I dropped the main title for a while. Yeah. But, like but, Curse of the White Knight and all that shit. I don't yeah. have time for that. Yeah, and we were doing Last Night on Earth, which kind of got okay. And I don't know what the don't ain't there one issue of that left. But I yeah, I'll, I yeah, the All Star Batman like this. And it's not just that. I mean, you got to look at the the Batman spinoffs also, Batman like Joker Beyond, yeah. and Harley Quinn and all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, because Black Label just turned into more Batman books. That's all it is. Basically, yeah. Like Batman's. I like Batman. I just don't like Batman and, you know, 100 titles every month. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, he's everywhere. Like, he yeah. didn't have to be in every single book. Yeah. Like, I don't, that's why and I he's don't... doing all this and guest starring in other books. Like, fuck, yeah. man, go somewhere. Yeah. I don't like I don't, I don't like Batman on the Justice League because he's the he's an asshole. Right. <laughs> he's always trying to kill them for some reason. He's a, you know? he's a fucking prick. When you put him on a team, he's an asshole. Right. You know? <laughs> just keep him in Gotham City. Like, like he can yeah. show up in just like every now and then, but he didn't have to be like one of the main guys that, you know, bossing gods and stuff like that around, you know. Yeah, he's so. the one who kicks Mira's ass. She kicks everybody's ass, but Batman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because he's Batman. Yeah. So that's my whole thing about that. So I think he did that point there because they spend so much time. And it's not just in the comics. Like, it's it's everything. It's their medium. Like, for instance, these, uh, these movies, they keep on these DC animated movies. You know, they keep cramming Batman in every single one of them. Like the Justice League Dark one. Why the fuck is Batman in that movie? He doesn't even know magic. 
So he's just hanging around him. And you watch the movie. He doesn't even do anything. He's just there, standing there. He might throw a battering at the devil or some shit like that, but that's it. You know, so he's just there just to be on the poster, just to sell movie tickets, stuff like that. So they keep throwing him in these cartoons. They keep making Batman cartoons over and over again. You know, at some point, you just like take a break. But that's why, honestly, Eli, that's why I kind of like the CW because there's no okay, Batman. Yeah. So they are yeah. forced to, you know, to develop other characters other than Batman. Yeah, yeah. You know, now we have Batwoman. We got Batwoman. <laughs> but you know what? You know what though? <laughs> Batwoman is actually technically really a completely different character. She just has Bat in the name. Nah. They could have called her something else and it would have been fine, but they know if they called something else, they couldn't sell her. Yeah. You know, G.I. Jane didn't have the same ring as Batwoman. <laughs> Batwoman or whatever the fuck they're gonna call her. <laughs> oh shit. So that's my whole thing. So I think he does have a point. I'm not saying like just stop doing Batman, but don't do it at the cost of because, like I said, they just had a Wonder Woman cartoon come out, and I'm like, the last Wonder Woman cartoon that came out was in 2009, ten years ago. So why the fuck we haven't got a whole bunch of why aren't there other characters? Fuck, give me a cyborg cartoon. You already fucked me over with a movie, you know? <laughs> Make one and don't throw Batman in it. You know, they can they have other characters. They can do this stuff, but they're just scared to do it because they know Batman. They they keep thinking Batman. This is why Marvel is kicking their ass right now. That's the main reason. Because Marvel doesn't rest on one character. You know. Yeah. Now they they used to. Now back in the eighties, Spider Man was actually way worse than what Batman is right now. They used yeah. to throw Spider Man in. Uh, Spider Man still in like a thousand, but him and Wolverine. Him and Wolverine, <laughs> but not like they. Oh, it was way worse back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they Spider Man. They used to have Spider Man on the poster of a book, and he literally. And you read the book, he was in one panel. All he did is swing by. They're like, "Hey, there's Spider Man," and that's it. That's all you saw. But they don't. Well, he was just the, the he was just like the stamp of Marvel. Yeah, just, they, they just had a Spider Man stamp on every book. Right. So, <laughs> so we've seen this before. I mean, sometimes some, you might say that Batman is just kind of like a fad for the moment. You know, because we've seen it before, because like I said, Spider-Man done it. Wolverine, at the height of his popularity, was just was worse than what Batman is right now. Yeah. Wolverine was like on five teams and a solo book, all at the same time. Like, yeah. how was he on the X-Men and the Avengers and his own solo Avengers and solo Avengers all at the same time? <laughs> like, that didn't even, like, it doesn't even make any sense, but fuck it. Just do it. No. And yes, yeah, Spider-Man is pretty bad because he got like four books out. No, five books out right now. You know, counting uh, J.J. Jr., whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, they're just going to ride the course. And the, But the thing is, I think when he's talking about, like, why are you centering your universe around Batman? Why the fuck are you not centering your universe around, you know, Superman? Yeah, you know? Isn't, that, isn't that what they're doing right now? They're fucking setting, resetting everything? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, that's what they, they think we're, that they're going to do. But that's, that's my whole thing about this, because... Batman is always going to be Batman. But if you're trying to establish the DC universe, that has to revolve around Superman, I think. Because, because Batman doesn't really fit in that world. You know, with mm -hmm. Green Lantern and Flash and whatever the fuck. But Superman does. Because Superman is a more, more fantastical character. So if he teams up with all Aquaman, it's like Batman and Aquaman doesn't make sense. You know, but Superman yeah. and Aquaman, you know, just teaming up for an adventure like that, it makes sense. That's why I think Zack Snyder fucked up. Because you can tell that Batman was his favorite character. 
yeah. you know, Ben Affleck was his Nick Fury. So he was going to get Batman and, you know, do all stuff like that. And it don't really work. I mean, get Superman to do this shit because Superman is the fantastical character. He's supposed to be like the Alpha and Omega of superhero stuff like that. So even the movies fail to revolve the movies around Superman. He decided to do it around Batman. Now, the comics are doing this shit, and it doesn't make any sense to have, like, these world-ending crisis events with the dude with no powers. You know? Yeah. It should make more sense with Superman. That's that's what, like, turned me off with, with, with Snyder after a while, because that's what he was doing. Is uh, Scott Snyder, right? S- Scott Snyder, yeah. The one that we liked. <laughs> well, we used to like it. <laughs> yeah, it was just always, yeah. Blowing up the universe and then resetting it, you know. Or, right. like, yeah. And now the yeah. most evil villain in the in the universe right now is an evil Batman. Is a be evil Batman, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, DC. <laughs> yeah. Who barely does anything. Like <laughs> Right. The most He's just always in the shadows, yeah. just playing. Yeah. yeah. So that's my whole thing. So yeah, I, I think I think Tony Isabella has a point. But yeah. people people are pissed. You know. They just want mm-hmm. more Batman. Oh, comic fans, yeah. They, they get pissed about everything. They get pissed off over it. Yeah. Another, <laughs> another person said he called Batman toxic. Like it's 2019. What's not toxic? <laughs> Moving past, they can move on to the next part of the podcast. Sure. Okay. So, next part, we're going to talk about the video games. We're going to talk about it briefly. Uh, yeah. So, the big news, well, not big news, but the big release of the year happened Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call of Duty's out. Uh, apparently it is cross-platform so no matter what platform you buy the game on, you can play with your friends on other systems. Eli, I'm going to tell you a little dirty secret I used to have. Oh, yeah? When the old play, uh, it's not really that dirty, but the old uh, Call of Duties like back in 2008, 2009, something like that, I used to buy them for every system. I used to buy an Xbox <laughs> version and a PlayStation version. Okay. Yeah, so I can play with my friends over here and my friends over here. You know, right. that way I can go back and forth with them. It was it was exhausting. You know, hundred twenty dollars every year for one game. That only played for like have, a month. You have to beat then. both games and yeah, I gotta get both oh. games and I got the DLC and I gotta get all this other shit with it. I'm like, oh, this shit is tiring. I keep forgetting which friend is on what system, but now I don't have to worry about those things. Now I just get one <laughs> system. Is it because I'm on PC? I don't even have a console. Yeah. Well, I'm eventually gonna get it because every every day at work, my friends keep telling me to say, "Hey, you got Call of Duty yet? You got Call of Duty yet? You got Call of Duty yet?" Like, no, <laughs> shit. I'm at yeah, work. I, I can't even play it. I have yeah. I haven't played a Call of Duty game in years. I don't know. I haven't either. I haven't played. Last one I played was in 2009. Yeah, it's been a while. Like it was the Black Ops or something like that. Yeah, but I was only playing. I was only playing them for the zombies and shit. I hate the fucking zombies, man. I don't. That's, I, I don't understand why people love that shit. I, I thought oh, that shit my work. kid, my kid! Holy shit, he did. He does shit that I didn't even know was possible. Oh, I, I know. Do... People will buy those games just for the zombie shit. Yeah, man. We one day we had to get together, like four of us, bring all these Xbox over to my house <laughs> so my kid could unlock some. Y'all had a land party. Yeah, we had to fucking unlock because it took four people. To do this shit, to unlock this something in one in the Shangri La map or something, where we all had to stand on stones at the same time, and oh, it was like a pain in the ass. Because like you know, but hey, he's my kid. You don't have kids yet, you know. I mean, you don't understand. But like I said, I, the uh, shit you my, gotta do sometimes. Yeah, but like I said, I have plenty of friends that love the zombie mode. They will buy it just for the zombie mode. I'm like, this shit is boring. Which is one reason why I got away from that shit. I'm like, I don't want to shoot zombies because that shit. Why the fuck you want to shoot zombies? They slow as fuck and they don't even have guns. 
No, they like, come. They, they these motherfuckers run when they. they keep I guess coming. they cannot run a bullet. You can be you saying bullet. You can't run a bullet. Man, you start getting the perks, and it's yeah, it's fucking great. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> zombie dogs too. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. It, it never really caught my attention. Jug and. <laughs> but they they making this one seem like all my friends make it seem like just the greatest thing since sliced bread. So eventually I'm gonna have to break down and have to get it. You know, my um, kid was so into zombies. I had to go get a bunch of Jones Cola, and get you know so he and he printed out like the different perk sodas that were on the map and he stuck them on. He actually had a set of colas for all. The, yeah, he was deep into that shit. And he and like no, he, he found it frustrating because this was like. You know, yeah, about maybe, you know, eight, nine years ago. And nobody wanted to play with them because they found out that he was like a 10-year-old kid. Oh, wow. You know, I don't want him on my team. But he, this kid, I mean, he was getting to like level 50, you know. Well, here's the thing. That's the thing. When I know when I played SOCOM, the best player I've ever played with was like fucking 11 years old, you know. <laughs> because the thing was, he didn't have a mic at first. So I just saw him play like on a like an online replay. And his name was Iceman. Okay. And he was like killing like twenty people at a time. Man. It was like a fucking action movie. So I'm thinking in my in my mind, his voice is like you know like Duke from GI Joe, or like Sergeant Slaughter. Like let's get yeah. these hostages out of here. You know, just chewing like tobacco and shit like that. So when I finally hear his voice, you know, when I finally play, I'll tell my friend like, "That's Iceman. That's Iceman. He's the coldest motherfucker that ever played this game." I'm like, hey guys, how are you guys doing? My mom says I have to do my homework at six, so I'm gonna play this game and I'm leaving. He's got like like thirty people at a time and shit like that. You know. It's like this is fucking me up, man. It's kind of like you watching Commando. You know, need voiced by I don't know, like Frankie Muniz or some shit. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll probably I might get it at some point. I heard the the single player campaign is good. That's what they're saying. That's, that's what they're saying. Okay, if you get it, I get it. I don't know what system you could get on. It don't matter. We can party up. Yeah. With it. I mean, I don't know when I'm. I, mean, I probably ain't gonna get it for a while. Hey, <laughs> if we get it, well, whenever you get it, if you get it, we're gonna stream it. Everybody listen. Okay. Pay attention and, and watch it. I'm watch me sure suck at it. <laughs> watch me suck at it. But yeah, it'll be entertaining watching us get get the shit shot out of us. Uh, yeah. that, that'd be second. We move on to the next part of the podcast. Yeah. Okay, this is it. Red Hood and Outlaws. <laughs> the moment y'all been waiting the for. The moment you've been waiting for. This is where everybody cuts the shit off. <laughs> so this is the comic book uh, bullies podcast. We actually talk about comic books. And we're going to jump into the comic books of the comic books. So, Eli, I guess I can go first with this this X minute. Oh, go ahead right yeah, ahead. Yeah, go on. We stole your <laughs> shit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Bill us. Uh, yeah, so the first book we're going to go with is Marauders. It's uh the first of the the Dawn of X or 10, whatever the fuck Jonathan Hickman want to call this shit. Uh, this is his spinoff books now where it's a pirate X-Men book or whatever. So, based on how the book starts off is that it starts off with uh, Storm and Nightcrawler recruiting the X-Men in New York. Tell them, hey, you can come to Krakoa. We got an honor set up for you. So you leave New York. We're not coming back. Come to Krakoa with us. They were like, cool. Okay, leave. And everybody tries to go through the door. But the thing is, Kitty Pride can't walk through the door. Like, she walks through the door and actually uh, walks right into the door and breaks her nose. She's like, why can't I walk through Krakoa? Nobody knows the answer to that. So he has to take a boat. Is she not a mutant or something? Or? We don't know. Kitty Pride. It's Kitty Pride, right. You know, but we don't know what's going on. So. Yeah. So Kitty Pryde actually has to take a, you know, a boat and sail all the way to Krakoa. Oh, damn. Yeah. So she just, she's going to get there. And she's thinking maybe when I get there, I can walk through the door and come through. So she's trying to walk through the door then. Still can't walk in. 
So she no still shit. can't get in the cold no matter what. And then she sees Iceman. Iceman walks through the door. He's like, hey, kitty, what you doing? He's like, uh, I've been talking to Professor X, and he's saying nobody can figure out what's going on, but he said he's got his best men on it. And Iceman says, well, I'd like to meet these best men. And he looks right at the camera. Wink. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, I, you Come get and it. knock on our door. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so Wolverine all uh, walks through the portal also and he said uh Kitty, did you get it? Did you get it? She's like, Yeah, I got it. Okay, cool. So he swims all the way to the boat, grabs the uh and when he comes back to shore, he's got some Canadian whiskey and a and a, a kegger with him. And he's like, Thanks, kid, Kitty, and then he goes to the portal and says, So obviously he he made a shopping list for Kitty to bring, like some ribs, some beer, some whiskey, some other shit like yeah. that that he can't get. Paper clips. And yeah, butter. like yeah. Since you since you got to come from America anyway to here, get this shit for me because we can't get this shit record. You know. Pick me up a whopper. Right. <laughs> he actually did say pick me up some ribs from Memphis. <laughs> like they like they Uber them to you. You know. <laughs> uh, but why she doing that? Uh, Ice Man's is like, hold up, something's going on. I, I, Kitty, I'll be right with you. I gotta see what's going on with this portal. Why people ain't walk through there? So when he walks to the portal, Kitty's just by herself. When she's by herself. She gets to like a telepathic, you know, uh, FaceTime call with with Emma Frost, you know, Emma All Frost right. is basically telling like, you know, I made a deal, Professor X Magneto. I'm the you know, we sold these drugs to all the, the countries and we have a hard time. And some is some of the countries are cool with us. Some of them are not. Some of us are blocking us from getting our drugs there. And some of us are blocking the mutants to come into from their country to Kokoa. So what I'd like you to do, I made this big ship. Where you can take the drugs that they don't want them to get there to the place, and you can bring the mutants back to Crowan Island. If you do that, Kitty, I owe you a big favor, and that's it. And Kitty's just like the whole time, like, let me get a storm to turn you down. Oh, she wouldn't let me finish, you know. But I'm asking you now. So if you do it, you know, you get all the perks of it, and you get the benefits. You'll be the face of, you know, White Queens International, some Hellfire International, some shit like that. And Kitty's like, nah, I don't want to do it. While she's doing that, we find out what Iceman is doing. Iceman went to, he walked through a portal into Russia, and apparently they had this, uh, like this, this dude there with superpowers named Phobos. He didn't have superpowers, he's got a suit. What his suit does, it takes out, uh, mutant powers. So Iceman thinks he's about to beat this guy, but he does his thing, Iceman got no powers. So he walks back through Krakoa portal, tells Kitty, Kitty, I need you to come with me. Uh, they got this dude in Russia that's holding mutants hostage and won't let them walk through Krakoa and thing, but I can't do anything because he knocks out my powers. I'm like, but at this time, Kitty's like drunk on uh, Canadian whiskey because I think like uh, Wolverine left a six pack behind. But anyway, she kind of sobers up. She said, Hey, Storm, you're not doing anything. You want to come with us to Russia? She's like, I ain't doing shit. Okay. So they go sailing while they're sailing. Pyro was on the boat also. Pyro has been dead for like years, but you know, mutants can, they can clone them and regrow them and re resurrect them, whatever the fuck. So Pyro's there too. So they go to Russia, and Kitty had, got a plan. He's like, okay, that dude is knock out the mutant powers. He can't take out everybody because there's too many of us. So Storm and Iceman rush that guy named Phobos. He immediately take out their powers. But Kitty, you know, phases through the ground and, like, beats the shit out of him and knocks him out. While she's doing that, all the Russian soldiers start rushing Kitty. And Kitty's like, since Iceman and Storm got no powers, she's like, y'all get out of here. I got these guys. And Kitty just fucks these guys up. Let me fuck these guys up. She, like, really fucked these guys up. Like, she takes the gun out of one of these guys' hands. Like, are these guns, uh, they're nine, nine, they don't have bullets in them for civilians, right? She's like, well, I don't know. Bam, shoots him in the leg. She's like, oh, sorry for you. And then the other guy, she actually take the gun and put it in their thighs. 
and rematerialize it. And you can see like blood shooting at their thighs and shit like that. Like, oh, the fuck, that's fucked up, you know. So, yeah, so Kitty uh gets all the people through the portal, stuff like that. And she was like, I can't go through the portal with y'all. So I'm going to just, you know, sail back to, you know, Krakoa or wherever, you know. Storm and Iceman are like, no, nah, no, nah, Kitty, you can't go by yourself. We got to come with you. So they go sailing. Emma FaceTimes them again, you know, telepathically. She's like, okay, Kitty, you going to take my offer? They're like, yeah, I'll take, my, I'll take your offer, Emma. We'll go ahead and do it and we'll sail. So they ask Kitty where we're going to go. She's like, I don't know. We're just going to sail. If mutants need help that uh, can't get to record, we're going to help them out. Oh, and another thing. I want y'all to call me. Stop calling me Kitty. Call me Kate. And the book ends. That's it. So, yeah, so pirate book. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's another plot line with Bishop doing something. It'll come up <laughs> later on. But, yeah, another X-Men book. I'm kind of getting X burnt out. But I'm... Sweet entertaining. It was cool. Three point five. It's 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 cool. So yeah. All right. Well, let's see. <laughs> the only <clears throat> the only other Marvel the only Marvel I book I read was the Immortal Hulk. I hear they've been hyping the hell out of this book. I mean this okay. like this particular issue. Whoa. Immortal Hulk twenty five. So this this is this shit's bugged out. <laughs> Okay, so basically, eons into the future, some sort of alien single-cell organism or something uh, is kind of searching through space for, like, signs of life, and they can't find any. Uh, um, The the universe seems to be dead. Um, But they end up finding another, like, single-cell organism alien thing. And they, like, fall in love. Okay. And the, the one alien has, like, these black eggs or some Eggs of knowledge or something. And there's also, the, like, these black eggs, which are full of, like, evil and darkness. And basically they're full of information or something. I have a hard time understanding this book. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the one alien's like, oh, I've never, you know, what's up with all this darkness and evil and shit? And he's like, well, there's... You know, well, it's like knowledge, and this is where like worlds have been destroyed. He's like, oh, I've never seen a world that's ever been destroyed. So, the alien goes off to find a world, and like travels the universe for what seems like eons. I don't know, because most of the universe is destroyed. Um, but then he finally finds a world, and it's all full of life and shit. But then the Hulk comes, and the Hulk is like fucking gigantic, like Galactus size. Okay. Yeah, and he's not the devourer, he's the breaker of worlds. Oh shit. And and the Hulk just comes and like just punches the world and destroys it. What um, the fuck so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. But before he do- and like before that alien dies, he sort of releases the egg and it like goes into the Hulk's consciousness or something to to see if the Hulk has a soul or something. But he finds out that he really doesn't have a soul, like, you know, it's just sort of like this empty void full of rage. And he finds it's basically the one below all. The one below all? The one below all. So this goes back to the whole when the Hulk went to hell earlier, like earlier in the arc, um, when Banner went to hell and all that shit. And he found the one below all. Basically, the source of all the Hulk's rage is controlled by the Hulk, the, the one below all. Devil Hulk and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So... The one below all has been using, like, the Hulk as a vessel to cause havoc and 
devastation and hate throughout the universe. So the book ends with, I don't know when this takes place. I don't know if it's a flashback or what, but basically there's this particular scene where the leader is finding like one of the alien eggs of not and the one with, with all the knowledge in it. So he's finding this knowledge. Mm -hmm. So basically the, the leader knows what the Hulk has become. I guess that's what that means. Like, again, this book is like way out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's way out there. <laughs> Very weird. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I understood everything, but I think that's the point. I think Al Ewing is keeping it vague, sort of keeping the reader off kilter to sort of add the suspense. You know what I mean? It's, it, you're making it sound like his ultimate run because that shit was out there too. And I, yeah. I, I knew half of what the fuck was going on in that book. Yeah. And he wrote that. So. Yeah, I mean, I, li I think I like the concept more than I like the actual story. You know what I mean? Like the idea of like, the Hulk is not kept contained. If you leave the Hulk unchecked, he's just going to become this destroyer of the universe, the cosmic Hulk or whatever. This like unlimited, you know, rage, you know, and that's a terrifying idea. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I said, this book is weird and out there. I'll give it a 3.5 out of five. Okay. Know. Pretty strong, even though you, I really don't know what the hell you were talking about in the book. But okay. It was weird. Like it was, it was an interesting read. It was long. This was fucking six bucks too, which kind of like, what the hell? So this better do something. But yeah, watching like, you know, the whole concept of Cosmic Hulk, the devourer of world, this gigantic Hulk that's been destroying the universe. Because that's what he's doing. That's why there's no life left in the universe. Like, if you leave the Hulk unchecked, he's just going to destroy the universe. Thanks. So that whole idea is just like, holy shit. You know, and like I said, I like the idea more than how the story played out. You know what I mean? So, and this whole thing with the leader, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But the leader knows something and is going to do something. So, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, next, what I'm going to do is uh, Batman Superman number three. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> let's see how this book starts off. Okay. So, the way the book left off last time, Superman went undercover as the Superman who laughs to make the Batman who laughs think they, you know, they teamed up together because he was always trying to, you know, turn them anyway. So mm -hmm. he frees the Batman who lasts, Batman who lasts, and he asks Superman, Superman asks him, like, so what's the next move? What do we plan on doing? Like, who who, who else do you have infected? Because the, all they know is that he's infected six people. They call them the secret six. You know, they yeah. found that. They know two, but they don't know the other four. So they, they try to get the information right now. So uh, the Batman who lasts, basically tell him, don't worry, we'll, we'll wait. Because uh, what I'm basically what I'm going to tell you, my plan is that I'm going to kill everybody on this planet. You know, just like your planet died, I'm going to kill everybody here, too. Uh, matter of fact, do you know that your mom actually wished she was in the rocket instead of you? Like when you <laughs> died, like she cried the whole time. <laughs> uh, so the same thing that happened with her, I'm going to do with you also. And Superman gets pissed, look like he's about to break his neck. Batman pops out of nowhere, you know, hits him with the Joker, you know, uh, antidote, you know. Uh, but the reason he did that because he was like, why'd you do that, Batman? He was like, Batman's like, he knows. He, he knows you're undercover. He, he already figured you out. He made you, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and then, matter of fact, the Batman who lasts has already forgot the whole time that he didn't get free. He's still in the 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 prison of the Fortress of Solitude. So he, I mean, not for, the Hall of Justice. So he's been down there the whole time. Um, the holodeck. 
the hol- yeah, wherever the fuck he is. Yeah, he's yeah. some hologram. He, like he he knew he was there because he could like smell the hologram or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he knew he knew about it. Yeah, but he gave him a clue. He was just like, uh, the next person that I infected, it's not like they write your name in the sky or anything like that. Bam, like, got it. I know who it is. And then uh, he locked Superman in the uh, the Hall of Justice bottom also because he's still infected with the Joker venom. He said it's going to take a few hours to get out of the system, but he can't risk Superman flipping out, you know, and attacking just anybody. So he left him in there so he can follow up on the clue. And when he follows up the clue, he goes back to Gotham City. He sees Commissioner Gordon. He jumps on top of Commissioner Gordon's, uh, like, he drives some kind of, like, truck or battle cop van or stuff like that. And he's just like, Gordon, I know you set us up. There were the Batman who laughed didn't kidnap a kid. You just told us that shit to lead us into a trap. So I know he has something on you. Tell me what it is and I'll help you out. And Gordon, like, help me out? And then he takes his glasses off and you can see he's been infected with the Joker Venom also. So he's technically the Commissioner Gordon who laughs or whatever yeah. the fuck, you know. He tell me, like, you can help me. You can't help me. Ever since I met you, Gotham has been going to shit. All I do is bury cops because of you. How many more robbers are going to die because of you? You know, he's saying, mm-hmm. talking all this shit. So he grabs Gordon out of the uh, thing, you know, tries to talk Gordon down. Like, Gordon, whatever it is, we can get you. We, you fight this, Gordon. You get out of it. And Gordon's just like, oh, no, Batman. You don't understand. I'm not alone. <laughs> and then he hits his watch. And the bat suit that Gordon wore two, three years ago, whatever the fuck it was, the RoboCop bat bunny yeah, gear the, suit. the end game suit or whatever. Yeah, whatever the fuck that yeah, was, that yeah. pops out. And Batman like, what the fuck? And then that, and then Gordon, because you know Gordon can remote remote control him, you know. So mm-hmm. he Gordon makes the robot fight Batman, but then right before like the robot can kill Batman, Superman pops out of nowhere, you know, blocks the bullets or the batarangs, whatever like that. Superman fights bunny ear Robocop bat suit. Batman fights Gordon, beats the shit out of Gordon. Superman destroys the bat suit, but they realize they really didn't win because he had to beat the shit out of Gordon, you know. But Batman realized that everything he thinks about, the Batman who lands already figured out. So the best way to do it is to play it by Superman. You know, basically let Superman take lead and figure out what the fuck's going on. So they go to the Fortress of Solitude. They see Keelix. Keelix for those who don't know, Keelix is like Superman's robot butler that's in charge of the Fortress of Solitude when he's not there. Uh, and they, But the thing is, the Batman who lands is already one step ahead of them. Because he infected the Batsuit. And the bat suit has been infected by, I guess, the fourth person that's been infected. And it's the Blue Beetle. I guess everybody thought the Blue Beetle was dead or something, I guess. I don't know. He pulls up. He's fucking pissed for some reason. He's tired of everybody shooting like a sidekick. So he, like, infects everything, you know. While they're doing that, the the Batman who lasts is still in the Hall of Justice down there. But he knows that the Legion of Doom signal is, like, uh, all over the sky or something. And he like eventually Luther and I are gonna come to Oz, but doesn't matter because Batman always wins. And the book ends. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh I think they were juggling too much stuff in this book. There's like way too many plots in this book going on. Like Blue Beetle? Like, why? <laughs> I don't know. But I thought that was pretty cool, but it it was it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. I, I think they should say that for another book because you were like, okay, because honestly I wanted to see the best part of the book was Batman fighting Gordon Batman. And then yeah. Gordon putting on that weird mask, like what, the, what, what? It's like I wanted to. They could have let that shit ride out a little bit more. I want to see more of that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get. Yeah. Still pretty cool. I, they, they I just haven't. Yeah, I haven't gotten into this whole 
you're the villain or whatever. They keep shoving it down our throats, but nobody cares. Lex Luthor and shit, yeah. Yeah. They keep telling us, oh, you're the villain, but it's like, it's in the background, but it's like you really don't have to pay attention to it, you know, but it's there. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, that's my whole thing. But overall, I'm going to give the book a, I'm going to give it a four out of five just because Robo Bat-Eared Bunny Suit popped up again, and I thought I would never see the thing again. And since Superman destroyed it, we never will see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. I thought this was cool. Um, okay, next one I got is Detective Comics. Um, and yes, the You're the Villain shit bleeds into this crap too. So <laughs> it's, everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. All right, so basically Nora Freeze is alive. Um, but she is just like Mr. Freeze. She has to remain in the cold suit to stay alive. Um, oh, she so hasn't we have a got Mrs. Freeze. Yeah, we have a Mrs. Freeze. She, uh, but in order to keep her helmet off, she need they, she needs to you know, finish the, the procedure. But um, Batman had fucked up all, you know, he rate on bat when Batman raided his crib and took all his shit. Um, he doesn't have the formulas he needs. So, he, but he had stashed them in Wayne industries when he used to work there. So basically they, uh, it's, it's, it's the team up North, Nora, Mr. And Mrs. Freeze. They go and raid, raid the uh, Wayne and Wayne tech or Wayne industry. They run into Bruce and Lucius Fox and there's like a really funny, a really cool conversation. Um, I guess Bruce knew Nora back in the day before she got cancer and all that. And um, and she starts giving him shit about pulling the funding on cryo research. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. So he did it. Yeah. They get, they get, it, he, they, she kind of tells Bruce Wayne off and shit. It was kind of cool. Um, but they end up getting the formula and Mr. Freeze completes the procedure on Nora and they and now she's just like him. She's Mrs. Freeze. She could, she doesn't have to wear the helmet or anything or being being contained like that anymore. So they sort of have a night on the town. They go around fucking shit up. Um, she used to be in a ballet. You know, she used to be a dancer. So they go to the ballet, and she is on. This was cool. She's on stage, you know, dancing, and Mr. Freeze is watching her. And then it shows a wide shot of the audience. They froze everybody in the audience. Wow. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was cool. But then the big Lex Luthor sign shows in the sky. And whatever that's happened, whatever that means. (laughs) I don't know what it means either. It happened in Batman Superman. So it was like, okay, something about to happen. Lex Luthor, whatever. Um, This was cool. I enjoyed it a lot. There was. In the beginning, I just my only critique is like I wish they would have went in because when she first wakes up, and him and Victor and Nora have that first conversation, and it's a really deep, you know, deep emotional scene. She's like, "Why didn't you let me die? I only had I, I wanted to die on my own terms. I only had two years left. Why did you freeze me? I could I could have lived my life on my terms and all that." And he was like, "No, I couldn't. I could not watch you die. I would not." Blah blah blah. So this is really deep emotional scene that I, I felt they should have extended a little bit. I don't know. It just it just seemed abrupt. Like she sort of like sort of resents him mm-hmm. at first. But then the next thing, in the next scene, oh, they're together and they're doing crimes. So it was a kind of it kind of jumped forward. You know what I mean? Skipped a bunch of emotion. I don't know. I just thought that was a really powerful scene, and they, it kind of just didn't go anywhere after that. So, but that's a, other than that, it was a four out of five. You know. 
Okay, cool, cool. Um, well, last book I got is uh, what is it? Action Comics? What? Uh, ten sixteen. Okay. I think I might have fucked the number up. Anyway, uh, basically, the book is is as part two of the you know the Naomi you know crossover yeah. tie-in or whatever. That's where I checked it out. I said, "Oh, Naomi's back, and it looks like she's doing shit." And yeah, because the first book she didn't do, do anything. anything, so yeah. Yeah. So this is an interesting <laughs> book. This is a uh, Bendis is kind of playing around with the narrative on this one. So the whole like three fourths of the book is actually narrated by by Tris Q. So Tris Q is that a brand new Bendis character that he created, basically an Asian reporter. I think she's like the gossip section or whatever. She's a reporter, mm-hmm. and the yeah. whole story, like three fourths of the story, is basically told her just interviewing you know people on the street. Yeah. Like what did they see? And they basically tell the story of what they saw that Superman was fighting Red Cloud and he got his ass kicked, you know, yeah. until somebody else showed up and, and helped him out. Now, before they finished that, then we cut to 22 minutes later to the Hall of Justice, you know, and Batman is, you know, you know, talking to Naomi, you know, saying, OK, I figured out your powers, where you come from, stuff like that. They see on the TV, they see Red Cloud, you know, kicking the shit out of Superman. And Naomi's like, I gotta go help him. And Batman's like, under no circumstances do you go. You are too powerful and you are, you know, untested. We can't let somebody as powerful as you go out there and, you know, do things. You're like, oh, I'm powerful? Okay, Batman, I'm out. And when she leaves, Batman just has like a smile on his face. So he was playing her the whole time. You know, yeah. he wanted her to do this shit. Fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Naomi goes out there. She attacks Red Cloud. You know, she actually get Red Cloud off Superman for a while, let him catch his breath. And then Red Cloud beats the shit out of Naomi. Superman's like, okay, I've actually been holding back with you the whole time. But when you did that shit, I'm pissed now. Now we're going, we going all out. So she rushes at him. He rushes at him. They do some weird shit, and eventually she runs away. But she didn't run away. She, like, disappears, some shit like that, so nobody finds out what the fuck happens. So she just go, she leaves, you know. Uh, cut to the end. Now we're, they're talking to the Queen Pen. The Queen Pen has been in control of Red Cloud the whole time, but, you know, Lex Luthor did some bullshit to make her, like, more powerful than even Superman. So she like, well, the part of our invisible mafia, no, le- no reason to be invisible anymore, so it might have been reveal ourselves and show how, show Metropolis how powerful we really are. Is that a book cuts off? The end. So, cool book. Uh, overall, I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, we still don't know what the fuck Naomi can do. Like, they know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, meet, they, uh, they meet Naomi's parents also. Batman's Superman. You know. And yeah. she's like, Batman's like, ma'am, I'm, how you doing? And Batman's like, I'm Batman. And the mom's like, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Like yeah, she she wanted she wanted to know who Batman is. But anyway, uh, yeah, three out of five, three point five out of five. Cool story. One of the better Bendis books. I just like that Bendis was playing around with the narrative. Whenever uh, uh, a writer does things that, because it feels like that's something can only be done in a comic. You know, with the way he was telling the story. That's why I like, especially with the way the layout was done. So I, I like how he u- utilized the medium. That's all right. So yeah, all I got. All right, all right. Well, I guess the last book I'll do. Is this um, Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter? Okay. So this was ra- written by that David Dastmalachain, or how do you say his name? He he played. He was in. He was in like Ant Man. He was one of Ant Man's homies. He was in The Dark Knight, one oh, of the Joker's. The, the guy that said the Baba Yaga. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know he was a writer. 
Yeah, so, yeah, he wrote this book. And it's basically a throwback to, like, you know, Tales from the Crypt, you know, Elvira, you know. It's basically about this this horror TV show host. It takes place back in the 80s. Um, and there's this, like, TV station. They had, they do this show, like a horror presents. And there's a host, like Elvira, like an Elvira type of host who hosts these horror movies. Um, well, basically, one... The, the, the host went missing and there's this other news lady. She's a reporter. She's an alcoholic. She's a fuck up. She's, you know, she ends up losing her job as a reporter and they end up reluctantly hire her. Hey, well, there's our horror host hasn't shown up for, you know, two weeks. Do you want to, can you fill in? Can you just host the show and then we don't have to fire you? So she like, oh, fuck it, whatever. It's a job. And she ends up, you know, taking the job, you know, hosting these horror movies, these cheesy horror movies on Friday nights or whatever. And basically a real, at the end of the book, a real werewolf shows up while she's leaving the station. So that's like the big twist. Um, so yeah, that must've what happened to the last horror host. They're a real monster hunter, I guess. Hence the title. Um, it was okay. I liked the story. I just thought in the middle it got a little slow because they were just really – it got a little redundant about how shitty her life was. You know what I mean? She loses her job. She's an alcoholic. She's banging all these dudes at the bar. She's, you know, doesn't care. You know, it just – it was like two or three pages too long of her just her fucked up life. You know, you're just like, okay, let's get on with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but other than that, it did just enough for me where I'm on board for an issue two. So I'm a horror guy. So I thought this was pretty cool. Okay. So I'll give it a three out of five. Okay. Cool story. Cool story. Uh, I'm booked out. I think you're booked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. If you listen this long, definitely like, share, subscribe. Uh, definitely listen to Eli's sister podcast. Well, our sister podcast, Geeks Ave, hosted by Eli. Uh, we also have a ton of other podcasts. We have comic casts. Like I said, we were kind of light on the comic reviews. So what we didn't do, you want to hear the amazing story of Mary Jane, whatever like that? I'm pretty sure they did it. Listen to them. They figured it out. And Red Hood Outlaws. And G.I. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what else? Uh, Hoodoo TV. We got Get Valiant. I'm pretty sure they went two hours on Bloodshot last week. So they're probably I another two hours this week. I saw, I saw them post that episode. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm going to listen to it. I, I, I want to see them freak the fuck out. I just want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Hoodoo TV. Uh, we also had Talking Balls. And we got a Wristing Podcast? I think yeah, so. Oh, yeah. I know Boogie's doing another. I think so. Yeah. Some other podcast. With Boogie is the hardest working man at Outright Geekery. Goldman, he's coming for your spot. He's, yeah, the podcast. Like, yeah, he's trying to get paid doing this shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and like I said. Don't swear. We're going to lose our sponsor. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, only if we gave a fuck that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like I said, this is the last week of October. Next week we'll be smack dab in November, and we'll have some new stuff then, and we'll see what happens then. So until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And you rat soup eating insecure motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>